So I'd like to, as I mentioned last night, circle back and do a deeper dive on Perich of Hei Pasach of Tess, uh, the Pasach where we learned that Abigail is making her final request to David to spare the life of Naval. As always, the learning tonight, So last night we learned part of Abigail's argument was that she said there's a tremendous award awaiting you, reward rather, awaiting you, David, that your soul will be bound up in the bonds of life, um, and um, this is the reward awaiting you, but you will forfeit it if you pursue Naval. So that is Avigail's argument. Yesterday we learned the straightforward meaning of the Pasuk, and tonight I want to go into the Gemara and some of the Mepharshim who discuss specifically from our Pasuk what they learn out about the afterlife. And uh, obviously there's a lot to talk about, there's a lot um, of Mepharshim on this, but I want to just, I, we could spend hours on it, but obviously for the sake of time, I just want to cover what is learned out from our Pasuk. Now, I will say by way of introduction, this is a, a fascinating topic. People are always fascinated by any discussion of the afterlife. Um, I would say it's probably for one of two reasons. Um, the first is that there are three questions that people have on a metaphysical, right? Three great questions on people's minds. Um, I, I could argue the three greatest questions on people's minds. And when I say people, I don't only mean Jewish people, I mean anybody in the world, which is, number one, is there a God? Number two, what is the purpose? Why are we here? And number three is, um, what happens to a person after they pass on? And if we had an answer to the third question, we likely could answer all three. So there's that fascination that people just want to know, you know, why are we here? What happens to us? Um, is this it? Um, and then the second part of it is that after someone is nifter or nifteres, so there's a nechama that the family takes if the person was suffering, that they're no longer suffering. The person was not matzliach, that they're in a better place, right? And that's definitely a sense of nechama to people. And so I think people want like a certain assurance to know, yes, that when we believe that the person's in a better place, they really are in a better place. And so I think that, com- that combined is why there's such a tremendous fascination, both about us as well as about other people who have passed on. So on our Pasuk, where Abigail says, this the word Chayim, the Targum learns life, means everlasting life in Olam Haba. And so specifically, this uh, Abigail is telling David that his neshama will be zoicha to be in Olam Haba. Now the Gemara talks about, the Gemara learns out from this Pasuk, this is a Gemara in Daf, Kufnun Bezim and Bez. The Gemara there is talking about, first the Gemara brings down a b'risa, that a person should return the neshama to Hashem the same way he got it. Just like Hashem gives a person a neshama betara, so to a person should return it betara. The Gemara then brings down a mashal, and then the Gemara ends, ends off that piece by saying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when it comes to the bodies of Tzadikim after a Tzadik passes away, so the body you know, is, is at peace, from the Pasuk, Yavai Shalom Yanucha Mishkavaisim, that they will rest on their couches, meaning in their graves at peace. And the Gemara says, V'yal Nishmasan, regarding the Nishamas who I met, the Pasuk says, Our Pasuk, that they will be bundled in the bundle of life which Rashi, which rather the Marsha says, that Abigail is talking about, like our Tad, the Targum said, right, that it means in Gan Eden. Um, the Gemara says, regarding the bodies of Rishayim, that there's no peace for the body in the grave, and regarding again, quoting our Pasuk, that the Neshama of a Russia knows no peace, it is flung around in the world, um, and again, it never comes to, to rest. Gemara then continues by Rebbe Lezer says, 
And Rebbe Lezer now learns from our Pasuk, what does it mean, Rebbe Lezer says, what does it mean that to be tzrura b'tzrara chayim, what does it mean to be bound up? It means, nishmas neshal tzadikim, genuzas kachas kisya kavod, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu stores all the neshamas of the tzadikim right by the kisya kavod, and a person is able to delight in this devekas with this closeness that you have with Hashem by being by the kisya kavod, and that is the ultimate reward. And obviously this is something that a physical person cannot experience. We can't comprehend God, and we can't be close to the Kisya covered in our physical forms, but once the Neshama separates from the body, now a person is able to fully experience that delight of being near the Kisya covered. That's what Rashi says. Rashi says that, that what does it mean to be Tzrura, to be bound up? It means to be close to Hashem. That is the ultimate reward that awaits the Neshama. And Rebbe Lezer learns that out from our Pasuk. As far as the Rishayim, they are uh, confined, they are trapped. And um they're trapped. So apparently there are malachim at each end of the world. They throw the, the shamas of the wicked back and forth to one another. And again, he learns that out from the end of our apostolic. Rabbi then asks Reb Nachman, what about someone who's not a Russia, but he's not a tzaddik either, he's a Bainini, what happens to him? So Reb Nachman said he doesn't go directly to uh, be ganos under the kisar covered, but eventually he comes to rest. It's just not immediately, whereas the rasha never comes to rest. So they're both given over to a malach named Duma. One, the the Bainanis neshama eventually does come to rest, whereas the shama of the rasha does not. So the kliyakar now goes into a little bit more detail. Uh, the kliyakar first says that the neshama, the desire of every neshama is to return to the source where it came from, which is by the kisar covered. That is what the neshama desires. Now, a perfect tzaddik has no impediment. There's nothing he needs to do. His neshama is completely pure. So therefore, he can immediately, after death, immediately the neshama is able to return to the Akisya HaKavad. However, anyone who did Averas, so the Averas bring them down. They, they, they prevent the person from going directly there. And so part of the purification process is being thrown around by these malachim. That's sort of a purification process, very painful, but it's a purification process that the neshama has to go through and cleanses it in order to eventually be zoiche, to be by the Kisya covered. And so that is what the, uh, how the Kliyakar explains the Pasuk is referring to what happens. Rabbeinu Yoyna in his Shari Tshuva brings down a Medrash that initially every Neshama is brought before the Kisya covered to be judged. The Neshamas of the Tzadikim remain there after judgment because they are Zoyche. The Neshamas of the Rishayim are cast down and that's why the concept of a Rasha being going downwards is because they are flung down from the Kisya covered for their punishment and their cleansing before ultimately returning there. And the Rabbeinu Yon explains the reason for this is that a Rasha has degraded his nature to the point that his neshama wants to return to the source of desire, right? So a person ran after his desire, ran after Gashmias. So the neshama, after death, wants to return to the Gashmias. So it, it naturally sinks down to the earth. HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings it up so that it could see, here's what you gave up. Here's the reward that was waiting for you. And this is what you gave up, and then ultimately Hashem lets the neshama fall back down to the earth, which is where it is trying to go again to return back to its kashmias. That's how Rabbeinu Yon explained. Masha learns the Gemara in Shabbos that what actually happens when the Gemara says that the 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 um, the neshama of a tzaddik comes to rest, whereas the neshama of a rasha is thrown back and forth. The Masha explains that what happens is the neshama of a tzaddik who completed his his, um, his purpose goes back to the source, right? Goes back to the Kisya Kavod. The neshama of a rasha 
it goes back into another body. In other words, Marshall learns that it's the concept of Gilgal. That's what it means, like a slingshot. Meaning that constantly he has to go back into body after body until he accomplishes his purpose. And if a Raja continues to do bad things in the next body, he's put into a next body until ultimately he finishes his work because there's still work to be done. So that's what it means to be flung back to such kafakala, like a slingshot means to go back as a Gilgal into another body to hopefully finish the mission that the Neshama had to begin. Interestingly enough, the Pekati Rebbe Lezer learns that Tzrar Chaim is not actually referring to, um, to heaven, but rather it's actually referring to Tzrar Chaim, the land of the living, which means, he says, means Eretz Yisrael. And what the Pekati Rebbe Lezer explains is that the neshama of a tzaddik who dies and is buried outside of Eretz Yisrael is brought into Tzrar Chaim, into Eretz Yisrael, to be closer to Hashem. Whereas a neshama of a rasha who's buried in Eretz Yisrael is thrown out like a slingshot to come to rest outside of Eretz Yisrael. In fact, the Baron Moshe actually ties this back to our Pasuk, because he says that Avigal said Nevuah, that David would be expelled from Eretz Yisrael, which happens later on, um, when he's forced to go live amongst the Plishtim, which we'll see in the next parak. And she gave a Nevuah that since David's Neshama is bound to Eretz Yisrael, ultimately he would be Zaycha to return. That's what the Pekat Rebelezer means by Tzrar Rechaim that a tzaddik's neshama is always tied to Eretz Yisrael, and even if it has to leave, it's only temporary, eventually it will return. The Tanit Veira Elio Rabbah learns from, this, from our Pasuk that a Tamachachim who learns Torah and his Amel B'Torah during his lifetime is considered alive even after death. The Bar Moshe explains this based on the Gemara and Brachas. The Gemara and Brachas, this is Daf Samachdal, it says that a Tamachachim doesn't rest, not in this world and not in the next. So the Bar Moshe explains that even in the next world, they continue to live by learning Torah, meaning that they're even able to be mechadesh chedushim in Torah, even in the next world, and that's what it means that the that the uh, a tzaddik is alive even tzvarachayim. He continues to be alive even after he passed. Next, I want to discuss the Abarbanel. The Abarbanel learns out seven particular things that happen to the neshama after death, all from this pasuk. Number one is that the, the neshama remains intact so that it can, it can be rewarded or punished. Number two is that everybody's neshama is independent, and there, therefore the benefit or the suffering that is given to the neshama is based on the individual, the maizim of that individual. And apparently there was a notion, there was the understanding in the Abarbanel's time that all of the neshamas were joined together after death, and therefore the Abarbanel refutes this by saying that it can't be because each neshama has to get his specific reward or punishment and that can't happen if we're all joined together. The third thing that Barbanel learns is that the reward in Oilam Haba is not for people, is not based on how smart a person is, but rather how much he dedicates his life to Torah Mitzvahs. And the Psukim hint at this, because the first apostle says that Avigal says to David, right? that you fight the wars of Hashem, meaning that you, po- you perform mitzvahs. Then it says, that there's no blemish in you, meaning that you don't do any Averis. Then it says, that someone is trying to chase you, meaning referring to the difficulties that the Nishyonis that a person goes through in this world, but that or the purpose of that is only to cleanse the Nishama and make it ready to be near the Kisya covered, so that finally, that is the ultimate reward. So says the Abarbanel, the Psukim here are telling that that reward of is only for somebody who dedicates his life to Torah and mitzvahs and abstains from doing of it. The fourth thing the Abarbanel learns out, which again is something that we've been repeating here from a number of Mepharshim, is that the eternal reward that comes to a neshama is being attached, is being near HaKadosh Baruch Hu, near the Kisya Kavod. 
fifth thing the Abarbanel learns out is that the greatest tanug, the greatest pleasure that a neshama can get is called chayim, right? Surah b'tzora chayim is called chayim life, which is the perception of God, which is something that you cannot experience in a physical body, and therefore we have no experience of it in this world. The sixth thing the Abarbanel learns out is that the neshama of a righteous person survives on in order to receive reward in the next world, and the, for the same token, the neshama of a rasha lives on in order to receive punishment in the next world. And finally, the last thing the Abarbanel learns out from our Pasuk is that the punishment of the rishayim is not just that they don't get rewarded, it's not just a lack of a reward, but based on the Pasuk, it's a tremendous agony, tremendous suffering that comes to a rasha in the next world. So these are the seven things that the Abarbanel brings down and learns out specifically from our Pasuk. And as I said, this is a topic that could go on for hours. I would like to end off with the next part of the Gemara in Shabbos, the same Gemara we did, but the next part is a fascinating story and an uh, interesting story. I'd like to end off on it. The Gemara there brings down that Reb Mari had said that Sadiqim are going to turn to dust, meaning their bodies will turn to dust in the grave. Um, and then, obviously, eventually, it, they, will, they will come back once again in Oilam Haba. So Gemara tells the story that they were digging on land by Reb Nachman, and they came upon the corpse, the, the body of Reb Achai Bayoshi, who had been who had died many generations earlier and was, was buried there. So he, he, the body of Rabbi Achai Bayoshia snorted at them, right? Made a noise. So they he ran back to Rabbi Nachman. They were all frightened. So they said, this guy snorted at us. So Rabbi Nachman came and he said, who are you? He said to the corpse, who are you? So the corpse said, I'm Achai Bayoshia. So Rabbi Nachman said to him, how is it possible you didn't de- decompose? But didn't Rabbi Mari say that Tzadikim, even the body of Tzadikim will become dust? So the Achai uh, Bayoshi's body responded, who's Mari? I never heard of him. So Nachman said back, okay, fine. Maybe you didn't hear of Mari, but there's a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, the dust will return to the earth, right? Like it was, meaning that a corpse turns to dust. So the body responded, yeah, okay. Fine, you learned Kahelis, but you never learned Mishle. Because in Mishle it says that you know whose bones rot. Someone who was jealous while he was alive, his bones rot. Well, guess what? I, didn't, I wasn't jealous when I was alive, and therefore my bones didn't rot. So Nachman reaches out and touches the body of Rabbi Choy. He found that he wasn't imagining it, it was a real body. So he said, why don't you come up, come in, right? Come into my house, let's, let's have a talk. So the body responds, now you show, you, first you show you don't even know Mishle. Now you show you don't even know Nevi'im. Because it says in Nevi'im, and this is in Yechaskel, it says, Only Hashem is the one, I am Hashem who opens the graves, meaning only a body can only come back from the dead when Hashem uh, uh, gives the permission. So the body can't just get up and come into Rav Nachman's house. So Rav Nachman now tries another tact. He says, okay, fine, I understand that you didn't have uh, jealousy while you were alive and therefore your bones didn't rot. But there's another puzzle that says, that a body, a person's body, right, this is the klala that... Uh, is given in, in, um, in Parshish Parashish. So over there, Hashem says that you're, you're dust and you'll return to the dust. So that means that even if a person is a tzaddik, he will return to the dust. So the body responds, No, a tzaddik's body does not decompose in this world. It will ultimately, that pasuk, that, that color, that, that promise, will happen one moment before Mashiach comes, or before Tchiyas HaMesim comes, rather, that uh, the body will decompose, ultimately, so that Hashem can bring it back. But this is a, certainly, for those of us who do believe, right, with Maminim B'nei Maminim, we do believe that there is a Olam there is a Tchiyas HaMesim, a tremendous Nechama, and a tremendous um, 
sense of purpose to all of us, of so, something to look forward to, a, a, a tanog, a delight, beyond any of our imaginations. In Mir Hashem, we should be zaycha to see it with the coming of Mashiach. Mher Amenu.